Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Our scripture this morning comes from the letter to the Romans, the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 14. I'll be reading the common English version. So what are we going to say? Should we continue sinning so grace will multiply? Absolutely not. All of us died to sin. How can we still live in it? Or don't you know that all who are baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried together with him through baptism into his death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too can walk in newness of life. If we were united together in a death like his, we will also be united together in a resurrection like his. This is what we know. The person that we used to be was crucified with him in order to get rid of the corpse that had been controlled by sin. That way we wouldn't be slaves to sin anymore, because a person who has died has been freed from sin's power. But if we died with Christ, we have faith that we will also live with him. We know that Christ has been raised from the dead and that he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. He died to sin once and for all with his death, but he lives for God with his life. In the same way, you also should consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive for God in Christ Jesus. So then don't let sin rule your body so that you do what it wants. Don't offer parts of your body to sin to be used as weapons to do wrong. Instead, present yourselves to God as people who've been brought back to life from the dead and offer all the parts of your body to God to be used as weapons to do right. Sin will have no power over you, because you aren't under law, but under grace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We wrap up our conversation with Paul's letter to this community of faith in Rome. And again, Paul is pointing out that God's grace changes everything, that the gospel message changes everything for us as followers of Jesus Christ, that God's love shed for us, that God's love given to us changes how we interact with everyone, changes how we see the world. Paul tells us, community of faith in Rome, that God's grace has given us a new identity, that it has put us in right relationship with God. It's led us into right living, meaning that we no longer accept sin in our lives, that we no longer accept sin in our world. And I'm going to do a clarification here. Paul is not talking about sin as only individuals. Paul is talking about sin in the cultural and society sense of the word, like the brokenness, like the hurt and hate that fills our world, like poverty and hunger and climate change was affecting our communities. That is the sin Paul is talking about in this context. 
Paul puts this context of sin as missing the mark for us as people of faith. That when we have accepted Jesus into our lives, that we sin, when we continue behavior that goes against the values of the kingdom of God. Values like love and justice, grace, mercy, and kindness. That we miss the mark of being our new self, this person that was changed and transformed by God's grace. So please hear me say, Paul is not telling this group in Rome when he uses this language of sin that they are awful people because they are not perfect. That's the danger that we have heard often within the context of the church is sin is because we are awful people. And if we sin, there is no grace and we have to atone and make better. Scratch that. Because that's not what Paul is talking about this. Paul understands that the people in Rome, that the people here gathered here, we're human. We're going to get it wrong from time to time. That we're imperfect and that we need grace and we need second chances. That's all wrapped up in this. But Paul is saying that God's grace changes everything. Because of God's grace, because of God's love, because we have been transformed, because we know that this world does not have the last word. As disciples of Christ, we're invited into this relationship with God. We're not relate being into this relationship with some deity far away who created heavens and earth millions of years ago and forgot all about us. Paul is saying that we are being invited into relationship to embody this life of resurrection in our lives, to be grounded in the promises of new life, to be grounded in the hope of the gospel news, that good news that changed us and transformed us. Paul is saying in this part to the letters to the Romans that we are encouraged to embody this vision of God's shalom, God's beloved community coming here on earth for all of God's people. Or I'll say it this way. As people of faith, we have a story to share. And that story, our faith narrative, is not one of gloom and doom. It's a part of it. No one's going to deny. But we know that new life, that life and love have the last word. Our faith story is filled with constantly telling us that God is loving, that God is steadfast, that God is faithful from generation. Our faith narrative reminds us that God calls imperfect people, that God calls grumpy people. That God calls leaders and faithful people, and sometimes they do everything right, and then sometimes they mess up big time. We're just going to say King David there for that one. But God knows who we are. That we are imperfect and grumpy people, yet God still wants to be in relationship with us. God knows that we're not going to get it right every time, but God still is able to work through us, through the people in our faith narratives to bring about the kingdom of God. Because what we learn about our faith, it is not about us. 
It is about who God is. It is about what God is doing in our world. It is about God being active in this world, bringing about healing and wholeness. Our faith story tells us that in the beginning, God's spirit was moving in and about, bringing about healing and wholeness and calling everything good. Our faith narrative tells us that as people of faith, God invites us. The ones sitting in the pews and people in our community all around that God invites all of us. Imperfect, grumpy people who are not going to get it right every single time to embrace God's grace for ourselves as the gift that it is. God also says you share it with other people. It's not something you keep for yourself. And our faith story tells us this from Genesis to Revelation, from page one to page whatever. It is all about God's grace and God's love. Our faith narrative reminds us that we are called to live out the promises of new life, that live out the promises of God that will not disappoint, that will not fail us, that remind us time and time again that we may not get it right, but God is there making it right. That God is there working in our world, bringing about new life and reminding us that this world will not have the last word, which brings us to our text today. And we have to remember when Paul is sitting down and writing these words, he's speaking of his own experience. Paul wants this group to know that he has lived out this calling to the gospel message. He has lived out his calling to be apostle, and it has not always been easy for him. Because more often than not, he experienced suffering because of the work that he had sharing this gospel message. That he had been beaten, he's thrown in jail, he's been shipwrecked. He has all this stuff taken away from him because he clings to the gospel message and it makes people uncomfortable when you start talking about welcoming all and loving all and God's grace and that we are not in charge, that God is, that God is moving in our world, bringing about healing and wholeness. The powers of be don't like that very much. As someone said, Jesus was not crucified because he was a nice guy. He was crucified because they didn't like the message he brought to the people. As an apostle, Paul lived out day in and day out, not knowing what was going to happen that day. And usually when he came into town, he was seen as an outsider. He was often had stones thrown at him. He was put in jail. He was just hoping to stay on someone's couch like a college freshman. He wanted to share this gospel message, but more than one occasion, he was run out of town because the people didn't like what he was saying. Being a follower of Jesus Christ, living out the gospel message is not easy, but because of his vocation, because of God's grace, because of his commitment, he knew suffering, he knew darkness, and yet he still knew that love and light would always have the last word. So when he's talking to this group in Rome and he talks about the hope in the resurrection, he's talking about his experience. He's talking about his faith. This is the way of life for him, that he's walking in this newness of life. It's not just words for him. It is his faith. It's the way he lives. It's how it shaped his faith. This is how God, 
Paul perceived God working in the world. Now, Paul would probably be the first to admit that living up and living out the gospel message would not be easy. And he'd probably be the first one to admit that he should have chosen tent making or stuck with what he knew. But he says, the gospel changed me. God's grace changed me. And I cannot ignore what I know. And I cannot go back because I'm not that same person. I have been changed. I've been changed by God's love and grace. And this change and this transformation was not an experience Paul was willing to forget for the sake of an easier or more comfortable life for himself. So he made a choice. And that choice opened him up to a new way, freedom from gloom and doom. It transformed him and helped him become the person that God created him and called him to be. So you see, when Paul is giving this advice and talking about sin, talking about God's grace, he shares this advice to the people in Rome and he's not being naive, he's not being unrealistic. He is sharing his faith. He is sharing his understanding of the gospel message. He is giving a testimony of how God has worked in his life, how God continues to work in his life to bring about healing and wholeness, how God's grace continues to be amazing and this transforming power in this world. When Paul shares the gospel message, he shares who he is now. And as followers of disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to do the same. We're called to testify how God has worked in our life. We're called to testify about the light and the darkness to bring hope to our despair. We're called to testify about the many times that God has worked in our lives. Because we're called to let go of that person we were before we encountered God's grace in our lives. Not because that person was bad or awful, rather because that's not who we are anymore. We've been changed, we've been transformed, we've been embraced an invitation to become the person that God created and called us to be. And by embracing that invitation, we realize that sin that the brokenness, that the hurt and hate which fills our world is not what God intended when God created the world and called it good. Because we've encountered the hope of the resurrection, because we've encountered God's grace in our lives, because we live in the knowledge and the promises of God's shalom coming here on earth, we cannot accept sin in our world. We cannot accept the hate and hurt that fills our world. We cannot accept the brokenness. We cannot accept poverty and hunger and climate change. We cannot accept the oppressive systems that fill our world. We cannot accept the narrative of the necessity of divisions. We cannot accept the narrative that power and might is the way to go. We cannot accept that anyone is seen as less than God's own beloved created in the image of God. What Paul tells the community in Rome, what Paul tells us some 2,000 years later, that God's grace is here. That God's grace is for each and every one. Paul tells that community in Rome, Paul tells us some 2,000 years later, that God's grace will not accept anything less than God's beloved community coming to full fruition here on earth for all of God's people. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we shouldn't either. May it be so. Amen.
We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.